Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife Jackie and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. I have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992, and I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and an avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article. So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts and the concepts lead to application. One caveat about the facts is for the most part, we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then, we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean, fun, and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones. Keeping Up with Jones. The Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660. 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. You might want to duck, preacher. The words were said deliberately and slowly. They came from a voice that was underneath a Vietnam-era boonie hat and behind a lit cigarette. The figure was walking slowly away from a sand volleyball court that was illuminated by one single streetlight. I took him at his word, and I got down behind what was a plywood canine jump. It was a a barrier set up for canine dogs to jump. I got down behind it, but peered to the side. And when I did, the world ended. A horrendous explosion, a cloud of dust rose to the sky. Car alarms went off and it was one o'clock in the morning on South Parkway. And there on the volleyball court, Outlining the volleyball court was a perfect rectangle ditch about an inch deep all the way around the volleyball court. Now, 
what had happened on this particular occasion is, is I had been working out with the local SWAT team. And in those days, they were called the Special Response Team or just SR. And at the end of training, in those days, we trained from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And we'd finished our training and we'd gone for a run and we'd come back and we're playing some, some volleyball to, to cool down. And, and now when I say volleyball and SR or SR volleyball, you need to understand I built three different volleyball nets for those guys and had to special order a net from Hibbets that had a steel cable in the top. You see, when, when you play volleyball with the SR team, the net is a mild solution. It's not actually a barrier. It's something you can climb up on and slam the ball. And you got to understand, my wife coaches volleyball. My daughter played Division I uh, college volleyball. I've seen good volleyball. SR volleyball is not that. SR volleyball is basically a, a contact sport. I have heard things on that court like, are you afraid to sweep the leg? Uh, I remember one night we were playing and our medic, in those days it was uh, Doc Huff, and then assisting Doc Huff was Rich Colvin. Now our medics are uh, Dr. Najjar and Dr. Ike uh, with Huntsville Hospital. But in those days it was Dr. Huff, and Dr. Huff had stayed late. This was even before Rich was on the team. And, and Doc had stayed late, was playing volleyball with us, and somebody sets this beautiful shot up, and Jim Goins goes into the air, pulls down on the net, and hammers the ball, and it bounced off Doc's head and went straight up in there. I think it hit him so hard he had a conclusion. And one of the other operators in his best Captain Kirk voice says, Jim, he's a doctor, not a volleyball player. That's a quote you'll hear playing SR Volleyball. Uh, the particular reason we're involving this explosion is that there'd been some dispute about the out-of-bounds line on our volleyball court. And, and it's you know, one o'clock in the morning, and we're playing under a single lamp light. Usually, my presence as the chaplain was enough to settle most disputes. They would say, was it in or was it out? And, and they would look at me, and they gave me the honor that as a man of God, I, I wouldn't lie. Now, now, in the recent years, that has been even called into suspicion because Bob Denoon claims that on my call and my call alone— I turned over the single greatest touchdown run in the history of flag football. In my honest opinion, we had previously agreed where the out-of-bounds lines were, and Bob was running in the ditch to make his touchdown, and I thought he was out-of-bounds. Bob's never forgiven me. Well, on this night, it may have been the beginning of the whole thing because it wasn't good enough for my word. And it may have been just because it was so dark, you really couldn't tell where the where the court was. Uh, I remember there was a dispute about was it in or was it out? Somebody was, was trying to cheat or somebody wasn't going to cheat. And I think Mickey looked at Jim and said, well, he who casteth the first stone, and Jim said, usually wins the fight. Book of David. I heard Lonnie preach on that too. Notwithstanding the debate about scripture and misapplied scripture, by the way, the decision came to mark the court off using debt cord. Debt cord looks like a, a thicker version of weed eater line. It's plastic and it is filled with penta erythritol 
tetranitrate, P-E-T-N, or pentrite. It's an instant, instantaneously burning fuse. And this old Vietnam-era sniper, Vietnam-era Green Beret, outlined our volleyball court. We put four stakes in the ground, wrapped the debt cord around it, walked out of the darkness, looked at me from behind his cigarette and said, you might want a duck preacher. And when I did, he detonated the debt cord. The instantaneously burning fuse erupted. Car alarms are going off on South Parkway and we have a perfectly marked off volleyball court. I will never forget that moment in my life to see the power of debt cord. Now, why does your local SWAT team have debt cord? Well, we use it to, to make entries. Now, we carried it around and we had guys certifying it for, for years before we ever actually got were allowed to make an explosive entry. Several of our guys went down to T's Tactical Explosive Entry School down in Orlando, and, and several of our guys, you know, know how to crimp the edges and uh, build a backing plate. You take a piece of uh, styrofoam and run a router through it and, and put the cord on it, and then it'll make a shape charge. And you can cut the hinges off the door. You can cut the uh, bolt side of the door or the knob side of the door. Uh, we even did some stuff where you, you tape an IV bag full of water to a, a thing, and when you set off the blasting cap inside it, the water opens it up because water is non-compressible. But uh, on this particular occasion, we had decided to use the debt cord to mark off our volleyball court, and mark off a volleyball court it did. I remember we were doing some other trainings. I got to get inside of a building with an old video camera, lie down behind a Lexan shield and film the other side of the door for when you hit it with an explosive entry. It is a really, really cool thing to be on the other side of the door and know it's coming and film it and watch the things that happen inside. Now, we've done some experiments, and, and uh, we even did a thing with the county one night, and their guys uh, put a little heavier charge on it than, than we do. And uh, we had splinters uh, way far away on both sides of the door, and we sent a doorknob through the wall. But that was in the days when we were learning, and we don't use the kind of charge that the, the county team did. But we were using debt cord to mark off a volleyball court. I remember at one training that we were getting ready to, to set off a charge on a door. And I eased up to the guy in charge of the training, and I said, what's our contingency plan? He said, well, if we have a failed breach or if the charge doesn't go off, we'll do a secondary entry, we'll call secondary. And, and you know, it was all built into the plan. When you do a raid on a, on a house, you have your primary, your secondary, and even sometimes a tertiary entrance and, and uh you hear somebody yell alternate breach, alternate breach, or just yell alternate, and you move around to the other weaker part of the house. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not talking about if we can get a failed breach. What happens if this builds a better door? The guy stopped and looked at me. He asked me what the expletive I was talking about, and I said, well, you've got this metal or wood you, you've got a doorknob, and you've got a deadbolt, and you've got three hinges, and you've got screws, and you've got a doorframe. you got all these pieces together. 
And what happens if when you blow them up, they build a better door? Again, he asked me what I was talking about. I said, well, I've heard a popular theory that everything you see around us was built because of a big explosion. It's called the Big Bang Theory. He looked me dead in the eye and said, Preacher, explosions don't build stuff. That may not be the most articulate thing I've ever heard, but it is profound. Explosions don't build stuff. They tear stuff up. A guy who's in charge of opening doorways and teaching other men how to open doorways will tell you that in all his experience, and you've got all the material there. You've got the wood or the metal and the hinges and the springs and and the screws and the bolts and the knobs. But when you put those things together and you set off an explosion, you never get a better door. You never even get a door because explosions don't build things. I remember being at a a youth conference and uh, Kyle Butt, uh, he's a writer for Apologetics Press, was discussing creation theories and uh, he took a, a cell phone and he beat it to pieces with a hammer, much to the chagrin of the teenage audience. He put it in a box and, and he lit, I think it was a, a small firecracker. I don't think it was as big as an M80, but he lit several things inside that box. And every time he would look in and go, nope, still hadn't built me a phone. And he would make explosion after explosion after explosion. And, and his point was eloquent that explosions don't build things. Explosions don't repair things. Explosions don't make things better. After Kyle's presentation, this young man walked up to me wide-eyed and said, Mr. Lonnie, I'm Pentecostal, and I ain't never seen nothing like that in church before. (laughs) As shocked as the young man was, and maybe as shocked as the rest of the audience was, what was blatantly obvious is explosions don't build things. Explosions don't repair things. You can't get order from chaos. You can't have the planetary cycles. You can't have species specification in in plants, bugs, or animals. You can't get the lunar cycle and the seasonal cycle. We've got this thing that that we call the Goldilocks factor. Goldilocks raids the three bears' house, and and this is too hot, this is too cold, and this is just right. This is too big, this is too small, this is just right. Our world is built in a Goldilocks factor. If we were marginally closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If we were marginally further away, and I know we have an elliptical orbit and there is some distance change there, we'd freeze to death. If the tilt of our planet was different, if the content of our atmosphere was just a little different, it wouldn't, it wouldn't sustain us. There are so many just right factors 
that have to take place for planet Earth to be the home of life. That it could not have been a random chaotic event caused by an explosion. And I'm not educated enough to talk about the irreducible complexity of certain things. That, that, that you know, There are things that are so complex, but if you take one thing out of them, they're not that thing anymore. So they couldn't have evolved. They couldn't have, have gradually shown up. So many things that we look at in the human body are a product of irreducible complexity. The chaos of the Big Bang. Probably explained by a guy with some firecrackers on a cell phone and a tactical explosive entry guy who looked at a, a chaplain and just simply said, Hey, preacher, explosions don't build things. This year, on June 20th, we're going to launch a special edition of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. It'll be a special anthology called The Dad Files. It's 52 very short, very brief discussions of some of the things that I wrote about and the things I learned just being a dad. I found all the old articles that I wrote about Lonnie Beth from the time that we found out she was coming into the world to a few things that I wrote about in being a grandfather and being able to play with her children. I will be launching this uh, in small blocks. It'll probably, the whole thing will come out at one time, but they'll be in sections. I think maybe the longest one might be seven or eight minutes long, but it would give you a weekly look at some daily dad devotionals or maybe even just some things that are linked to being a parent some observations from my life as a young father all the way up to being a grandfather and uh, invite you if you're interested in uh, some extra bonus material check us out when we launch the dad files on father's day should you be interested in sponsoring the dad files uh, you can email me, Lon Jones, L-O-N-J-O-N-E-S, at bellsouth.net, or just send me a message on Facebook. And if you're interested in sponsoring the Dad Files, we'll talk about what that involves. And uh, again, we thank you for keeping up with Jones. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com, www.eruptyouthrally.com.